Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me today is James Galizio. Hello. Hello. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's the October 6, 2018 edition, by the way. But yeah, uh, after me and Adam had a few podcasts to ourselves and you joined us last week, of course, uh, we're back to the two-man crew, <laughs> as it were. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a rotating uh, chair situation with us three. Um, whenever it's just some chairs missing, but yeah, um, Adam's busy with some other things with his job. Uh, and of course other people are busy with their own things. And so, yeah. Uh, but the good news is, uh, if you can see it that way, there's not a whole lot to discuss this week, but there's some pretty cool stuff that still came out that we want to talk about. But before we get into that, we always like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So, uh, unfortunately, this week, there's not much in terms of RPG uh, games yeah. that we've been playing. Uh, we're playing games, games, because you and I both, uh, James, we've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 4, which just came out. Yep. Uh, it was an early access. And then, uh, I don't know if you got it the way I did, but Games Pass uh, got it. Yes, part of the same. Subscription. Yeah, which is great. Um, so. Not to show or anything, but I use a Microsoft Reward, so basically get game pass for free since i actually willingly use bing <laughs> yeah oh that's right and even i think this month they had like a bonus uh reward yeah for use it so um uh, but so, yeah, yeah it's it just reminds uh, just it's just a good reminder that that's a hell of a service even if it's a rotating list and they kind of go away kind of like netflix does but it's like five bucks a month if i'm not mistaken uh, or no it's that. uh it's 10 bucks a month but they have a bunch of promos so like yeah. At any given time, you're only paying at most like five bucks a month if you're actually smart about it. Yeah, it's like PlayStation Plus. Like you should not be paying full price because they. Uh, yeah, are I think one of the big promos right now is you can buy a year for a hundred bucks and you get Forza Seven and Horizon Three along with it. Horizon Three. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's still a pretty good game. I spent a lot of time on that. But yeah, the big thing, yeah. of course, is that there's games coming out that are going to be added to Games Pass this uh, same day they're out. Which includes like the next gears, and of course this one. Next Halo. Next Halo, next, which whenever this will one, be. Yeah. But yeah, Forza Horizon Four. So uh, for me, I've just been the the big draw for me is that um, I just really like racing games, of course, but also I am a big fan of the fact that people can submit their own livery designs that you can uh, apply to your car, uh, which are of course the vinyls and things like that, community created. Um, skins for the car and so like for now i'm like currently rocking i've got the game up right now i've got this tokameki memorial 4 <laughs> skin um yeah. uh, which uh, i think it's miyako from from the fourth game and uh she's yeah. all over it and they've got like playstation logos and konami logos and i i just i'm a sucker for those things but it's also kind of funny when i see that when they rate the popularity of certain skins anime ones tend to be low i think people are just kind of like tanking those uh the only exception i think was and for whatever reason toyota cars are not in horizon 4 it's kind of bs but um in horizon 3 i know that uh, i forget the name of the car from initial d but the number one (laughs) livery for that one unsurprisingly was the uh tofu shop (laughs) 
Of course, of course. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, Automaster and, to- and Toho uh, cars and things like that. It's just it's, it's it's just great to be able to, like, kind of represent that if you're a fan of that uh, of any particular series. And there's, like, Nintendo cars with, like, Mario stickers all over it, Fallout cars. It's just really nice to yeah. be able to play a game like that, especially online, when you can kind of show off those designs. Um, I think that, for me, yeah. is one of the big reasons. But also, this is a very well-made, well-made game, and I think you agree about that, right? Yeah, well optimized too. I know that uh, Horizon Three had a lot of issues on PC. Yeah. I kind of had that too. I mean, if you're trying to hit like 1080p 30, you wouldn't have any issues, and even like 4K 30, you probably wouldn't. But for whatever reason, the CPU requirements on Horizon Three were just kind of insane. Yeah, it was uh, Horizon Four though, very well optimized. Though there is a little bug I've been noticing, and I'm not the only one with the uh, level of detail bias. It's just for whatever reason, the level of detail is just shot for some people where hmm. it's kind of like a 3DS game where you can see things loading in like 25 feet, 50 feet in front of you. It's just, oof. Yeah, that's... It's Still enjoying the game, but... <laughs> There's some it, um, stuttering going on, I can tell that. And also, like... um sometimes it, it can quickly go out of focus. Like the surrounding detail goes out of focus. I think that might be what you're talking about. Um, I mean, they we're talking about the you're same thing. You're playing on today. Xbox, right? Yes. Um, so I'm, yeah, Xbox I'm playing on yes. PC. Oh, so. Okay. okay. So, and yeah, so, though I, I should test it on my Xbox cause I do have one. It's, mostly just used for like stuff like netflix at this point but <laughs> backwards compatible i assume but yeah uh yeah. xbox one x apparently gets 60 frames on that but i just have my s and i'm perfectly fine with that but yeah just point out you get both versions the pc and the xbox one version that's cross by which is pretty great like all yep. things considered even if it's the microsoft store i think that's still pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh one so, cool yeah. little thing is um, a friend of mine was over for dinner the other day, and um, because the Windows Store uses the same protocols that Windows Update uses in like the same service, yeah. um, Windows Update actually can speed itself up based off of um, if other computers in the household already have the update. Well, the same thing can work for Windows uh, Store games. So since I already had Forza Horizon 4 installed on my desktop, since my friend just got Game Pass like while he was over here and started downloading Forza on my much faster internet connection, he was actually able to download it like even faster than I did because it was also downloading some of the files off of my computer. <laughs> you see, uh, it's funny when you mention that because to me, uh, when I saw that feature a couple years ago when Windows 10 was first coming around, it's like that's straight up torrenting. <laughs> and so I actually shut that feature off because I was kind of concerned about you know data getting out there but examples like that makes it so much more appealing um i i'd be totally cool if it's just straight up your own network and it doesn't go out kind of like you know if you use like you know remote play or something yeah it is it's only your own network it's delivery optimization it's like hey if multiple computers are in the household it's like download it on one then kind of spread it out like a virus (laughs) i mean uh, i guess it's for me it's like i'm not really in that scenario too much because I, I live my on my own but yeah. i can definitely see yeah. you know being around other people wanting to play on other uh, systems uh, of course xbox and pc that makes a lot of yep. sense but uh yeah. you know it's it's uh just to you know reiterate you know i'm having a great time with it i know you've been talking a lot about it too and it's just yeah just well made a lot of different uh pieces of content out there 
I, I sound like a real nerd <laughs> when I say this, but I'm also kind of excited when holidays come around because that was one of the cool things about Forza Horizon 3 is that, you know, whether it was Halloween or Christmas or New Year's or something like that, um, Turn 10 Studios, they would pump out rewards for people who signed in on that day. Kind of like GTA does that too. Uh, you would log yeah. in and then you would get like special bonuses and cars and all kinds of ni- nice stuff that yeah. help, help you kind of stick with the game long after it came out. Yeah, there's this Forza Hub app on the uh, Windows Store, and I think there's also a version on Xbox. It's kind of interesting where yeah. it's like it tracks all your progress across each game that you've had progress in, and then it also has like bonuses that you can redeem every now and then. Yeah, and, like play... lets you know which games have bonuses at the moment. Exactly. Yeah, if you play the earlier games, you get bonuses for playing those. Like I got nine hundred fifty thousand credits for playing the old Forza games, so it's definitely yep. worth it to go on there. And yeah, there is an option in the uh, game menu that launches that app on the Xbox, so that's definitely there too. So there's a reason. Yeah. To... And I mean, like that. I that's, think I yeah, got a uh, original Forza Horizon shirt for like having the original Forza Horizon on three sixty, <laughs> yeah, and I you like did. got it in Horizon Four. Guessing you did too, because. Seems yeah. like you've been a fan for a while. Yeah, but that's like the tacky thing where all they do is slap a logo on a T-shirt, like the really low quality yeah. ones you get from like E3. It's like oh, I don't know if I'd wear this at all, and I didn't. So, uh, but you know, I mean, and and that's it's got some of the same appealing factors that RPGs do because you've got a lot of progression in there, like a lot of different meters filling up, unlocking rewards. Um, Exactly. So there is you don't have to push it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's. I mean, that's definitely the case. That's what draw. I'm, I'm explaining why it draws me to it a lot is because it's, ah. it's not just a racing game. Because like I had trouble getting into you know some of the other games where like I mean obviously Forza Horizon is great because you can go off road and just go straight from point A to point B. Roads be damned. Through <laughs> um, this racing line, I'm going over that mountain. Exactly. Like that's how I got through some of these things. Even if the more technical races require you to go through checkpoints, which I was like, ah, oh, come yeah. on. But uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly just love uh, being able to level up. I think that's what got me so hooked on Forza Horizon 3 after not playing 1 or 2. And 4 is just just so much fun. Tangentially, it's just a lot of fun uh, if you play RPGs uh, and go to something like yeah. that. So um, they did a great job with it. And, you know, it's not yeah. so microtransaction-y like last year. So I had a better time with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, rolling for cars. But aside from Forza Horizon 4, we've also been playing some Dirt Rally. I assume you're excited the fact they announced a sequel to that game too? Uh, Yeah, I am excited. Um, So here's the story. Uh, I just got a racing wheel, a uh, Thrustmaster TMX Pro. I am not using in Forza Horizon 4. um, It's because of the arcade physics and it just doesn't feel Ah, right. Sure, sure, it doesn't feel Um, right. But I have been using it in Forza 6 Apex, the free version with just challenges, not actual races on Windows Store. And, That's uh, right, yeah, I remember that. I got Dirt Rally was only like 10 bucks on uh, Green Man Gaming the other day, so I figured, you know what? Let's see how it is. And I have to tell you, especially with a proper like setup for it, that game is terrifying to play <laughs> I heard just, it's pretty realistic it, it, it's great but it's also like you have you literally have a co-driver that's basically shouting these um call signs into your ear letting you know okay so turn six on left careful on the um careful on the inside there's rocks and then like all sorts of stuff like that and it's just rapid fire and you have to be really, really precise because the roads are very narrow, and if you hit the side, you can total or you can 
in some cases, literally drive off a cliff. And <laughs> gosh, um, friend, the ever friend of mine that downloaded Forza at my place also got a racing wheel at the same time, and he's been playing through it, and he's just like, "Oh my god, this is terrifying." Yeah, it's. I know people who've been playing Dirt Rally, and and for a lot of people, it was a return to form for Codemaster after the recent Dirt games weren't so hot. I think Dirt Rally was, well, if I'm not mistaken, it was a game that went straight into early access when it was announced. Yes. And so, uh, but I think they made some improvements, and yeah, a lot of people had a great time with that game. So it sounds like you're enjoying it as much. So, uh, you've been using that racing wheel though. Yes, I'm definitely going to be getting Forza Seven pretty soon because. Uh... Six Apex is just not scratching that itch quite as much as I hoped. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's also like, um, but yeah, I've been liking the racing wheel, I guess, on a tangential note. Got nice force feedback, and the pedals are actually good. That's cool. Um, yeah, basically, GameStop had a sale, and I was like, you know what? Sure. <laughs> Why not? That's that's good to know, and of course, like like I mentioned this week, uh, Codemasters announced that we're making a Dirt Rally two, which uh, yep. pumped a lot of people up. It's the perfect time, really, to be putting out racing games. It feels like because uh, Forza Horizon four, of course, just came out, and so they're kind of riding on that wave of people wanting to play this yep. arcade style game. But now you've got something to contrast it with this realistic simulation. But of course, you can make yeah. some tweaks to make it more uh, you know arcadey. But that's not really the point. <laughs> Man, it's really when you think about it, there's just so many genres in video games that have such niche appeals. And then like you have some rhythm games where you re- where they require like a hundred dollar peripherals of more, if not more than that, you have fighting games where you want to have a fight stick. Well, most people want to have a fight stick. And yeah. then you have racing games where the actual realistic ones, it's like pretty much every racing wheel that's worth actually owning is above 150 bucks yeah that's the one when they're like that's a good base price is <laughs> like 100 150 bucks to get to really get into it but that's the same as people who buy like headphones you know like they're really strict about how much money you should be spending to start off with if you want to get into buying headphones or anything else oh, yeah. like that so i i didn't get these headphones i'm wearing right now myself but my uh, grandpa is a total audiophile and he uh basically got me oppo pm3s which are planar magnetic headphones and they're really good but looked at the sticker price and it's like oof gosh and those are the cheap ones 400 and those are the cheap ones i know the brand is expensive i didn't know if that was like the base price or something like that i mean i'm looking into buying headphones right now myself uh i bought these lucid sound ls31s but i think they might go back and i think i might be buying maybe some bluetooth ones so but that's that's besides the point it's just the fact that you know for things like this for enthusiast whether it's as you said a fight uh, a fight stick or a racing wheel or anything like that it's like you want to spend at least some money the good news is they tend to last a while and hopefully you get a lot yeah. of use out of that thing because um yeah there's a lot of great oh. racing games out there uh you know it's it's kind of i'm tempted to uh try and get it working with dolphin and see if forza uh, not not forza f-zero gx is fun with a racing wheel <laughs> if that had force feedback in it you'd be like your hands would be super numb like in a few minutes. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Wait but... a second. Didn't F-Zero AX have force feedback like the arcade machine? Didn't that yeah. run on GameCube hardware? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Hmm. So, I will uh... have to research. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, anytime I go out to like the arcade near me, like that round one, I see that Mario Kart GP game, and I'm like, this would be great if they put it on consoles because they've got characters that aren't even in the uh, in the console games, and the whole presentation is so nice. But uh... Don Chen from Taiko no Tatsujin. <laughs> yes. What's the other? I'm blanking on here. What's that other racing game that's kind of presented like Initial D, where they have like I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's been around since like the PlayStation games, uh, PlayStation days. This is gonna bug the freaking crap out of me. I'm gonna look this up real quick because it's gonna bug me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's just the fact that uh, there's so many great games to look forward to. I'm not gonna. Look it up. And there's the hype train coming through right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, in any case. Uh, it's good to see you're getting out of that, you know, some people buying that. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like, you know, people who are buying flight sticks for Ace Combat 7. I, I have a friend who's actually going to be spending a lot of money on a flight stick for that game. Uh, you know, I actually have an old flight stick that <laughs> yeah. I was originally going to get um, Ace Combat 7 on PS4 because of PSVR. But since there's only, like, three PSVR uh, missions, yeah, if this works, I think I might just... Uh, yeah, it it's PC. a Logitech uh, Extreme 3D Pro. Not surprised yeah. on the flight stick. But then again, like, isn't it, uh, depending on the version, you get a different uh, entry in Ace Combat. Like, I think it's like five, Ace Combat 5 for PS4 players and Ace Combat 6 for Xbox uh, and PC owners. Actually, PC owners don't get anything. They just get, um, I don't know what they get. It's not a game. I think it might I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah, I know this flight stick works with uh, Ace Thunder, so it should probably work with Ace Combat. Oh, yeah. I mean, War Thunder. I will say, I'm really looking forward to that damn game. Every time I see footage of that, I get really excited about it. And I haven't played an Ace Combat game since the the, um, Ace Combat Zero, so I'm really looking forward to this (laughs) quite a bit. Uh, All the trailers look amazing. Um, But yeah, this has been a sports cast <laughs> for the most part. Uh, I will say, you know, I personally, aside from those games you've been playing, I mean, I, I continue to play Dragalia Lost. It continues to get uh, really good. It's very well made, and I still have a lot of good times with it. And hopefully, you know, we get some other games that we can cover for the site because it's been pretty dead uh, the past couple months. Kazuma put up his review of um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and it's funny that he has one of the lowest scores for the series uh for for the for the for the games but even then it's one of the hot it's it's still like pretty highly scored across the board Cosmo was going to yeah. join us but he was too tired to uh at this point he lives in europe so that's part of the reason uh it's pretty late there but hopefully he can join us on another podcast to talk more about that game or anything else of course so on that note uh let's go ahead and get into the news um I know I've got we've got like this document that I've got in order kind of funny, but let's get into something that we can both uh, discuss about easily. And that is the fact that Exceed Games has announced that they will be localizing uh, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2, for, uh, the PlayStation 4 versions, sometime in early 2019. Now, this is what's known in Japan um, as the uh, the Senokuseki Senno 2-Kai Senno and 1, uh, excuse me. Let me stop. Let me back that up. I'm having a tough time here. Seno Kaseki Kai and Seno Kaseki Two Kai. Uh, so, for people who don't know, this is just um, Neon Falcom took what Exit had done on the PC releases and put that into the PS4 mm. versions. Uh, and not that, quite. Not quite, but it's like the improvements. Some of the improvements that were made for there, like such as the um, 
the improved frame rate and the turbo mode. Uh, it's not like they're direct ports yeah. or anything like that. Uh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it just to better to explain what people can expect when it finally comes over here. So um, the cool thing about this, and I'll let you pick that up after this, James, but they're adding uh, the option for dual audio, which is the first time the series has ever had that. So people who do not play, I guess it gives somewhat of a reason if people want to play Trails of Cold Steel again, now they can play it in Japanese if they so wish. Um, so yeah, do you know anything more about this uh, this bundle? I don't know anything other than the, the news stories, honestly. Yeah, I think... I think it's the um, Trails of Cold Steel 2 um, limited edition because both of them are getting limited editions now. Yeah. Um, I know that each of them has like a bit of a soundtrack CD and like both of them kind of together have kind of a, not complete, but generally a, as complete as you'd want it to be compilation for the the um, Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2's best songs. Yeah, um, yeah. Trails of Cold Steel 2... HD's limited edition comes with a 50 mirror coin, where if uh, anyone has played uh, Trails of Cold Steel 1 and finished it, they'll at least know what that's supposed to represent. Yeah, there's a point. Um, and uh, I know that Trails of Cold Steel 1 on PS4 comes with something, but I don't quite I, I mean, know. I have right. it up gonna... here if you want me to tell you what it is. So, uh, uh, so... wait got the email yeah so it's i mean uh, I've, I've got the post up here so yeah both of them of course they're just oh. the standard physical editions of the of the game um the cold steel one comes with the, yes, the musical selection cd containing 21 full leg tracks along with the steelbook case featuring artwork and a separate outer package design same most part for chelsea cold steel 2 except for of course it's an ouroboros emblem pen which is also plays into the story and that has 23 tracks Otherwise, yes, two Steelbook games, uh, which is pretty neat. I will say my only, uh, kind of, the only kind of bummer about this is that the price seems off. Because <laughs> I think that they're individually, if I'm not mistaken, I think they are uh, 40 bucks <coughs> a piece. Bless you. Uh, yeah. 40 bucks a piece, where in Japan they were like 30 bucks a piece. So they raised the price. And I hope that's just because... These are the special editions, the special launch editions for those games. And if you buy it the digitally, special, it's cheaper. The special uh, editions are 50 bucks each. Yeah, 50 bucks each, which I would not spend 50 bucks on Trails of Cold Steel because they, these I mean, games have been out for a while for like 20, 30 bucks. Uh, so that's just yeah. my, my own opinion. Though. I mean, I'm, they are great games. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll, my review of Trails of Cold Steel 1 uh, establishes that fact that I love that, I love that game. Uh, but at the same time, charging 50 bucks like the, it comes with so many bonuses i'm guessing that if you decide to buy uh the standard edition which i wonder if they'll even put one out like that or the digital release it might be cheaper and i, I definitely support physical releases of games i just think it's kind of it's kind of pricey but that's just my opinion for games that are years old so but what's what uh is this something that you're thinking about picking up though as a collector, <laughs> I'm a huge Falcom fan, but I'm probably not going to pick them up because I already have the uh, collector's edition on Vita for both of them. So, I mean, they do look really so damn cool, like the steel books. Yeah, they do. Um, I will say, and I mean, again, the other reason is I already have the PC versions of one and two. So, if I ever want to replay them, I mean, PC versions are still the best because they have graphical enhancements that the PS4 versions don't. Mm, fair enough. They have 
well, they're going to have the Japanese voice um, patch added in at the same time as the PS4 releases, I think. They they just said it was uh, like an upcoming patch. They don't they don't know they didn't say anything about the timing, but I'm I'm assuming they're aiming for around yeah the same launch. Period. Yeah, probably at the same launch or maybe a little bit before, depending. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I yeah I don't really. Yeah, I don't really see a reason for me to pick them up. But if you haven't played it before and you don't have a PC, well, get it on PS4. They're great games. And hopefully this means that we'll be getting an announcement for a localization for uh, Sen 3 and 4 yeah. soon. Uh, I know people that have been playing Sen 4. It just It came out a couple, yes. like just this past week, and they've been having a great time with it. A lot of like pretty dramatic moments, it seems, of people's reactions. I know you've been playing it, of course, since it uh, you, you picked it up. Um, I will mention that you know even if someone like me who's already played the first game, obviously I wouldn't. I, I likely unlikely to pick it up again. But uh, just to say, you know, these are fantastic games, and it's it, you know it can't be understated how underrated they are. And I wish people would play it uh, who haven't given it a try. Yeah. Even if you haven't played Trails uh, in the Sky, like I. I review. I mean, I, I reviewed the first game. I beat the first game, uh, Trails in the Sky, uh, first chapter. I did not play second chapter or the third, uh, but I l- reviewed Trails of Cold Steel, and I still had an incredible time. And they do a pretty decent job uh, trying to fill in the gap because, of course, we didn't get Zero or Al no Koseki, which are the ones that come between Trails in the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, and you know, hopefully, we get those announcements as well. Like, honestly, that would be just as exciting for me as Century. Yeah, that's the big thing with the series in the West. Is it? it it's just a, such a messy situation because Trails of Cold Steel three or Sen three and Sen four very much require knowledge of Trails in the Sky and the Crossbell duology. Like, you can't just play Cold Steel one and two and then hop into Cold Steel three and it. Uh, I know I said this before. (laughs) I mean, and I don't know if Xseed is ever going to bring over the Crossbell duology because um, um, uh, Hatsu or Brittany from Xseed has actually outright said, um, I'm not sure if it, it it was in a public forum, I just don't remember where, but she basically said that the existence of fan translations might make it harder for XE to justify putting in the effort to actually bring those games over. So now we have a um, trails from, well, trails from Azure. I think that's what they're calling. No trails to uh, whatever. (laughs) Now no Kiseki uh, fan translation. that's decent now. And then the uh, zero no Kiseki or trails from zero fan translation. is like 75% edited and has all these nice little, additions to the PC version, that's going to be done probably early next year, somewhere around there. Yeah. And it's like, people that want to play those games will be able to play them, and even with the uh, PC version of Zero no Kiseki, you can just like buy it off a DL site, and you can get that like in the West. But it's just... Yeah. It's such a messy situation because you never really, for such a narrative-heavy series, you never really want to say, hey, you have to play this fan translation to understand what's going on with this official translation, hopefully, a few <laughs> months from now. Yeah, I mean, that's the big problem is that, obviously, the official translation, or the fan translation might not be as good as the official one could potentially be. I mean, Exceed is definitely, that dog has gone off just like it was last week. I am so sorry. That's okay. Yeah. You want to, yeah, maybe mute yourself? Yeah, I'll let you talk, man. <laughs> uh, 
just to mute to talk anyway. Uh, wow, that dog is going nuts. But yeah, I was just going to say that, of course, Exceed has paid fan translation groups to, uh, you know, license their work to put out an official format. Uh, sometimes in terms of controversy, there's been something there. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, it's great to see that they're getting back into this and showing that they, of course, still care about Neon Falcom. And a lot of this is up to Falcom, who they're willing to, you know, invest the money to localize something. Because uh, Exceed obviously can't go out of their own way and say, you know, people bugging Exceed about, you know, why haven't you done this yet? Don't you care? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. They just have not been uh, contacted by Falcom or paid to do so. So they can't really do that. Their hands are tied. Um, but yeah, you know, it's once again, you know, these are great games. There's a lot of great, uh, fan, like YouTube videos and articles out there. People who do want to kind of catch up before they play trails of cold, uh, trails of cold steel. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that, um, you know, it's, it's still, uh, great to see that they're doing this. Not that there aren't enough games coming out early 2019 that you have to throw in two more (laughs) to worth buying, but you know, Uh, one little, um, point of contention i have in regards to the fan translation argument yeah uh because of the nature of the zero no kiseki fan translation it would definitely not be something that Exceed would want to pick up specifically because um the current team that's working on the fan edit is different from the team that originally translated the game and i heard because that leak translation that came out that was pretty bad um (laughs) Well, actually, at this point, there's like three separate ver- versions of the translation. It's a clusterfuck. Because there's the original PSP leak, then somebody very, very like lightly touched it up for the Vita version patch. And then there's the PC patch, which is based off the Vita patch. And then there's the one that um, Geofront's working on that's going to be quality. I I am biased because I do know a lot of the people that are working on it. Well, I think I know everyone's working on it, but um, they're obviously putting a lot of work in. I mean, if anyone has read the um, progress reports they've done, like even if it's not quite XT quality, that's what they're aiming for. And I have every, like every, uh, I I believe that they'll get close if they don't quite make it. And I, I know somebody, uh, you probably know him, Stephen Mehring, uh on Twitter. He's been playing through that game. And yeah, he's showing that translation, uh, the one you're talking about that's of iffy quality. It's pretty bad. Uh, so yeah. that's that's why you got to be careful about that. I, I do wonder, and this is something that's been speculating, to kind of put a ribbon on this whole discussion about uh, Cold Steel and all, uh, whether these uh, versions will contain the same uh, you know, mechanic in there about being able to bring your save data over to send three <laughs> or actually yeah. it's the opposite these um oh that's right HD versions after. you yeah. were able to uh if you had any send three save data you could immediately do new, um, new game plus uh, modifiers whenever you played the hd versions on ps3 of course, um, yeah, ps4 yes yeah, it's, it's the timing yeah. of it all these came after send three came out in japan yeah. so that that and that it makes, makes it makes sense because hopefully anyone playing send three in japan would have already played one and two so yeah i, I d- did this have a thing where you could bring your vita save data to these versions at all like the one from like maybe send one uh, excuse me uh trails of cold steel one or two to the other. yes and uh exceeds actually confirmed that the western version will have the same feature because oh. the cross save function that uh they used 
for the Vita PS3 versions was done in the game itself. You uploaded the save data. It wasn't through PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So they were able to, I'm guessing, append or the server or whatnot that dealt with that data. I don't know. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think the Atelier series has got something similar to that because you can transfer your data over. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, just know that that's potentially coming out early 2019. I'm not potentially, but, you know, we only have like a release window at this point. So hopefully we get some more concrete details about that. Um, for now, uh, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in terms of uh, DLC and stuff like that, I think Marvelous is still saying like, we'll be talking about that sometime soon. <laughs> so hopefully we get something about that. Uh, Marvelous, of course, being the parent company of x uh, and uh, if, was this the one that's yeah okay no yeah this is confirmed for North America and Europe so that's important point oh out. yeah that's the ever interesting thing about this one I'm sorry to to oh. drag this out but no, go ahead. yeah one thing that people I think haven't been talking about enough is um, Charles of Cold Steel one and two were published by NAS America in Europe yes Charles of Cold Steel one and two on PS4 are being published by Marvelous Europe yes which is their base. Uh, yeah, so that's I think great. I think a lot of people have been speculating that. Um, well, it's totally speculation. But if uh, Cold Steel three and four get brought over by Xseed, then obviously Marvelous Europe would actually handle it too. And I think it might just be Marvelous as a whole being like, "Hey, we should probably uh, try and uh, throw our weight around a bit more." Yeah. After what happened with these eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would not be surprised right now, and I'm I'm pretty sure this this probably is the case that there's some sort of bidding war between Exceed and East America at this point for the for the for the rights to three and four. Uh, uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll I see. will say that as far as I know, NIS America doesn't want to do Cold Steel three. Mm-hmm. They at least some employees in NIS America do not want to do Cold Steel three. Because uh, one of how awkward it would be, and two, it's the third game in the series that they haven't done the translations for the other two. So I mean, it's like, let's look at easy for a second. <laughs> that's that. That's yeah. The, you know that. Well, I'm just it's saying, not like, the eighth entry in the I, series. I'll say it's probably like the twentieth or something. But yeah, it's it's something. Yeah. That... I mean, can't really say who told me that because I'm not sure if they want to be public on that. But I can say that I have sp- um, spoken with an IS America employee, and they said that. They do not necessarily want to do the translation for yeah, that. It's okay. A day of factor is they got their press event in November. It's going to be them. We'll see what happens. We'll <laughs> react to that news. <laughs> I would freaking yeah, die okay. if Idea Factory announced that they're localizing Neon Falcom games. Oh my gosh. Everyone would well, I mean, nuts. there is oh. um, Adol in Neptunia, or basically Adol. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, the anthem- <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's their version of Adol. Uh, so that's pretty great. Um, but you know, let's move into another piece of news, another example of a game being ported multiple times, and that's uh, Square Enix announced uh, the other day that Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 they're bundling them all together. Now, this past summer, uh, they did release a digital version which included all the games, including Kingdom Hearts 3 for a hundred dollars, I believe, which was a pretty good price. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, but that that's basically what they're doing with this too, because they're adding the print on these these at least three three bundles here, which is all nine games, uh, well, six games and three movies. But you know what I mean. Uh, they're com- they're compiling it all together uh, into one collection, a physical version, 
uh, which I'm sure will have a digital release as well. But in any case, called the Kingdom Hearts, the story so far, which I'm sure does not explain the story whatsoever because it continues to be super convoluted. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be 40 bucks. So if you add in the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be 60 bucks MSRP, uh, then yeah, that's a hundred dollars. You know, that's it's still the same deal. Just you know, we'll remove Kingdom Hearts three from this, and you get this amazing compilation. They Man, oh. forty bucks for all those Kingdom Hearts games. Like, there there's got to be very very few like deals in gaming that can be better than that. Yeah, I think only thing I could compare it to is like when the Orange Box came out with the Half Life uh, games in there, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, it's it's uh, worth noting as well that um, this is going to be two discs. Something that was noted, uh, which was kind of to be expected. It's going to be 1.5 and 2.5 on one disc, 2.8 on another. So it's not going to just be one giant one, which I'm sure would be a massive Blu-ray if they did something like that. Um, and right now, it's only confirmed for the United States. <laughs> Nowhere else. And not Canada, not Mexico, not Europe, not Japan just the united states at this point so you know once again if you want a digital copy uh there it is but i will also point out it is kind of stupid <laughs> in a way i mean it's nowhere other way to put it earlier this year they put out 1.5 plus 2.5 uh as part of the collection the bundle on the ps4 that was 50 bucks they're throwing in 2.8 and making it 40 bucks so early adopters be damned you paid more for less uh, uh so that is kind of a little aggravating. It's it's Granix doing what they do, uh, which is put all these copies out and not stick into a set price schedule. So that, that's kind of a bummer because I bought that bundle and now I, I realized that I did not need to spend that much for this. But well, you know, at least you didn't buy two point eight. Hopefully, I have two point eight. Yes, <laughs> I actually bought it well, on the Amazon Prime it. sale. Yeah. Oh product. yeah! If you had bought it at launch, wasn't that also fifty bucks or at least forty? Uh, like yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure what the price was, but you know, uh, but yeah, that'll be out October 30th exclusively for the PlayStation 4, uh, and yeah, it's only confirmed for the United States, like I said. So yeah, obviously, if you haven't bought it yet, that's the that's the best thing to do uh, is just buy this, and then then of course uh, in a few months, it'll Kingdom Hearts 3 will be out, and you can pick that up too. Um, you know, and and if I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen Kingdom Hearts three for as cheap as like fifty bucks, and there's been like the deluxe edition for that game could you just drop in price, but that's like eighty bucks. So you know, at some point, you're just spending way more yeah. uh, for something that doesn't have any exclusive DLC or whatever. Uh, and it reminds me also that I need to go back and play Kingdom Hearts Unchained to get the special keyblades that you can get for Kingdom Hearts three, which is continues to be a silly thing. Um, but yeah, this that just so you know, two point eight came with like Dream Drop Distance, for example, and of course, uh, zero point two Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage. So this is the whole thing, uh, and that's I would highly recommend that if you want to play Kingdom Hearts three. That seems like a an easy buy if you want to understand the series and see all the the cool looking um you know changes that they made and the upgrades that they did to the the ports on the PS four because they did a lot of work. It's can't can't be understated how much work they put into that. Uh, and this is like a easy buy for Kingdom Hearts fans if you haven't already yes. bought the other ones, which you probably have. So. Play all the games and then realize the horror that most of those Kingdom Hearts parody videos on YouTube are only like 5% parody. Yeah, that's no, it's definitely true. And it's once again, extremely convoluted. It's hard to figure out that story unless you watch a lore video. So that's that's that. 
moving into the next piece of news we've got here. Brian Fargo. He might be working on Baldur's Gate 3. We don't know. It's hard to say because uh, there was a news story that broke. It was actually on the RPG Codex forums uh, where someone mentioned that they had a former employee at uh, Larian Studios, makers of Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. Uh, they told him that they were uh, uh, they had acquired the rights to Baldur's Gate 3. People who don't know, that was in the works. It was, in fact, uh, announced the dog in the back it was announced back in like 2002 uh bioware uh, was working on that uh, as along with black isle studios of course uh they were working on that back then uh this is also around the time chris avalone was working uh around there and so he was also i think he was like the lead uh, senior uh, designer for uh Baldur's Gate 3 when it was originally announced this bit of news will be important in a bit when i when i say why uh, but yeah, they were they. There was a rumor about that. Someone, I think it was PC Games N, had spoken to Larian Studios, who denied the rumors. Uh, and then the next company that was brought up was Beamdog, who worked on Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition One and Two, uh, Baldur's Gate One Enhanced, Baldur's Gate Two Enhanced, along with other Icewind Dale and stuff like that, other Forgotten Realms games. Um, it's funny because they actually said back in I think 2012 that they were working on a Baldur's Gate 3, but I guess that fell through, and they confirmed as much by saying that no, they're not working on a Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, so that happened, and then um, someone had asked Brian Fargo because he's from In Exile Entertainment, and he also used to work on those games. Uh, you know, back then, of course, he also worked on Fallout before he, he uh, you know, went through all that the other games before he founded In, In Exile Entertainment who put out Wasteland 2 and uh, um, uh, what's it called? Torment, Tides of Numenera, and, and some other games, Bard's, Bard's Tale 2, 4, excuse me, Bard's Tale 4 that just came out. That was also them. Um, anyway, he responded to someone on Twitter saying that, you know, like, I, I don't think it's them, but I do I know who is working on um, Baldur's Gate 3, and he put like a winky emote. Uh, and then last night, as me and Adam were handing out on the Discord, we saw that Chris Avalone, who I just mentioned, he responded saying like, you know, congrats on the announcement. Uh, let me actually pull up the uh, the actual what the tweet said because it's it's kind of hard to understand exactly what he's applying with this. Yeah, he says, uh, "Way to go for the sly wink reveal at Brian Fargo." Hashtag Baldur's Gate Three. Hashtag, but cats shouldn't be in bags. Not a question mark. So cat cats out of the bag. Uh, and then someone responded, thank you for this gift based Chris. And then think not me, think the crafty Fargo, which is what Chris said. So yeah, uh, it's hard to say whether they're just playing along or just getting people's hopes up and it could just be one big fishing expedition. But I, someone who absolutely adored Baldur's Gate one and two and the dark Alliance games and all that, like I would absolutely love to see them return to Baldur's Gate in some form because I did not like Dragon Age one or two in inquisition could have been a lot better uh so them make another isometric game this is like the perfect time with larian studios and obsidian and all these other companies putting out some great crpgs and so i would uh, i would be fan uh, uh you know i'd be very much into the idea of Baldur's gate 3 i did not play siege of dragon spear though i heard there were some issues with that from beamdog but you know if Brian Fargo is at the helm of it and he's got other people working with him, potentially even Chris Avalon, I'd be super down with that. I don't know if you are into the Baldur's Gate games at all, James. I have never played any of them. Oh, you would you would freaking love them. Uh, Dark Alliance especially, for some of the best action RPGs of all time. Uh, but yeah, that's all we've got going off of that piece of news. Just the fact that with this 
conversation going on. And, you know, pulling up their Twitter accounts, I have not seen any other responses from either Brian Fargo or Chris Avalon. <clears throat> so hopefully we get something out of that soon. Of course, we'll update our story if we hear anything more about that. But just know this is fresh news from last night, October 5th. Uh, it's not just us reporting news that's already been debunked. This is trying to maybe uncover what actually is going on here. And then we get to the last piece of news, and that is... Apparently, Nintendo is working on a new Nintendo Switch model. Obviously, this is a lot having to do with the fact that the Switch has been hacked wide open. And so there was a lot of speculation, of course, that because of all that happened, and this was based on the Tegra CPU uh, that uh, Nintendo uses inside of the uh, the Switch itself uh, from NVIDIA, that it was exploited. And now anybody on any firmware can, can hack it open. Uh I think this past summer they put out a new model that fixed that problem, but of yeah. course now they're saying that they're going to be putting out a whole new a model here. And this, a lot of the story is probably, you know, it can be easily compared to say like from the DS to the DS Lite or what Apple does with its phones is that they're looking to save some money um, by losing um, more affordable parts. And so uh, this is one of the things that's mentioned here. And this is straight from the Wall Street Journal in Japan. One option is improving the display. Uh, the current Switch uses a lower-end liquid crystal display without some technologies that are standard in more recent smartphone LCDs. And so updating the display with these technologies would make it brighter, thinner, and more energy efficient, which is, of course, important when you're talking battery life, which is one of the big uh, complaints about the Switch, even if you know a few hours a day is not so bad in my opinion. But the updated switch isn't expected to adopt the organic light emitting diode or the OLED used in Apple Inc.'s iPhone X series, of course, like the Vita, which is which uses an OLED. At least the first model did. Of course, after that, it was LCDs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, pretty cool. Obviously, you know, if yeah. you're already on a switch, I don't think it's it probably not totally worth it to buy this new model just because, I mean, it's obviously pure speculation. I don't know what it looks like or what the other differences there'll be, but you know, for the most part, I think the Switch has a great display already, and it is yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty gorgeous. Uh, and yeah. as long as the same LCD display, it's displays so can be really good because uh, my phone, I have an LG G6, has an LCD display, and I have no problems with it. it has good HDR compatibility. I mean, that's like one thing I think maybe an updated Switch might have because they don't quite have all of the. Um, media apps that other systems have yet so maybe one of the pushes they might have if they release a new switch is hey this has an hdr screen and it's hdr compatible in the dock and now we have these apps that support it or something i don't know it's hard to say um i mean yeah the g6 is a pretty good phone by the way but uh i think it's also that um because the fact that the voice chat, for example, is separate uh, uh, from the system itself, I don't know if like having a new system would make any difference there. Uh, it would compel them to add media apps just because, uh, you know, for me, it's like, all right, I've already got like a dozen other uh, things that have like a Netflix app or a YouTube app or anything like that. So like after over time, I have actually kind of like waned on the whole like issue I had with the switch, not having some of these, uh, these features. I will say the idea that, you know, using a smartphone app for voice chat or party, uh, party chat or you know setting up parties and games is still pretty dumb in the grand scheme of things that doesn't uh upset me that much i do think that you know if they manage to figure out a way to make the uh, switch dock better and not you know one of the other issues is that you know 
you know, sometimes it could scratch the screen the way you place it into the system. Uh, I assume that's one of the other things they're going to fix. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, trust that because um, Nintendo handhelds have been scratching their screen since the original 3DS. Yeah, I, I guess it's it's more that you know maybe there'd be uh, some padding you know on on the dock itself, and you know those people who've been making their own docks that are way better looking than the the Switch one is. Um, but the uh, it's not just the dock, of course. Like that's that's one thing, and that's just you know that's just a dock. You know that's like a laptop dock. You know that's the uh, one of the le- least important things in the grand scheme of things. It's more that obviously people want a uh, better battery life. Maybe slightly better performance, perhaps. Uh, kind of like, you know, the PS4 Pro. Uh, don't have exclusive games for the damn thing like the new 3DS does, uh, which there only are, like, what, two, I believe, uh, exclusive. Uh, there's more than that now. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a handful, but nothing that would, uh, other than maybe Xenoblade Chronicles, that you'd be like, all right, I need to get this. Although, if you're going to buy a 3DS, why, would not, why wouldn't you buy a new 3DS at this point? Or a new 2DS XL, honestly. That's, like, the, the best deal. Um, but, yeah. I think it's great. Uh, I'm I'm totally fine with this personally. Even if I am a current owner of the Switch, I don't feel the need to upgrade at all because that's just not yep. in the cards. And spending three hundred dollars on another system uh, doesn't seem right if it doesn't do that much. But personally, I think the other reason they could be doing this is because there's a lot of speculation uh, that Sony's going to announce PlayStation Five perhaps next year or soon thereafter. And also, Nintendo has excuse me, Microsoft has their big uh, XO event in next month here, and they might reveal more details about the next Xbox. So this could also yeah. be Nintendo trying to be, you know, get a little ahead of that news and try to fill people's headspace uh, with the new model to kind of, you know, help them remain relevant, even if uh, they've been riding off this amazing success with the Switch since it launched last year. So Yeah, rolling into next year, we're really hitting that territory, like that part of the generation where people start talking about the next systems it's crazy right like it's when you think about it like it's next year it'll be six years since the ps4 and the xbox one came out you know like that's a pretty big gap what do you think about from 2007 to 2013 that was a six-year gap obviously i mean just math uh but that's when the new systems came out you know 2006 of course was late 2006 was ps3 um, and of course, uh, 2005 being the Xbox 360. But in any case, that was around that same type of gap. People said like we would have a much shorter, uh, you know, console lifespan cycle. Uh, but then again, they put out the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. But you know, the Switch of course disrupted everything by coming right in the middle of all of this when the Wii U failed. And now everyone's got to act a little faster on their feet to put out some this new technology. I can only hope that you know the next xbox next ps4 uh, excuse me the next playstation will be backwards compatible with the current games because that's you know there's gonna be a xbox lot of will for sure oh, um yeah. that's one thing i'm definitely like yeah it'll be backwards compatible yeah like it is now but, kind of man it's interesting though because actually looking at the hardware available even like on the top end because when the playstation 4 and the xbox one came out they used middle of the road pc graphics cards and like really cheap um cpus off the shelf yeah. but yeah but now you look at like what's out there versus like the specs of the playstation 4 pro and the xbox one x and it's like what's even out there for them to upgrade to like the next gen to upgrade to that will be a legitimate like noticeable upgrade from the pro and the one x like 
it's interesting. Like the most I can think of is okay, def to hit like native 4K, you're basically going to be stuck at the same graphics, if just a slightly bit better than what we've been seeing with the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X. Yeah, I mean that's that's Weird. kind of to be expected at this point. Um, yeah, people like, have been saying like even with the from the PlayStation Three to the PlayStation Four that we were seeing diminishing returns. But looking at the hardware that's available now, it's going to be especially noticeable with next gen. Just no, no avoiding it. Yeah, and you know there's a lot of games coming out early, like we mentioned in early 2019, aside from Trails of Cold Steel. So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. And then I don't know if it just means that we'll see a lot of ports, which is kind of common for uh you know the next next systems as well but you know um uh as far as like the the next systems are concerned uh i would just like you know all the improvements you'd expect like for example like the gap between the ps3 and ps4 might not be huge but there was like rest mode which is an unbelievable feature like i love that having the ability to jump back into a game almost immediately just seconds afterwards but I also mentioned that, uh, this is what I was going to say before, is that AMD is going to reveal their next CPUs and GPUs at CES in January, the yeah. 7, and, uh, 7 nanometer. That's the, like, the big leap, uh, and there's already a lot of speculation that um, Microsoft and Sony, they're working already closely with them to make their next GPUs as well, which will be uh, apparent. Uh, what they're talking about is that that'll be a leap from where they are. Uh, base probably be like you know the 1080 or something like that you know like in terms of graphical performance yeah. maybe better which is pretty impressive when you're talking about the standard models and there's also talk about potentially the next <laughs> okay this is completely probably made up uh and i would imagine it so that maybe nintendo would be going back to amd uh after having the issues with the tegra but i don't think they will because that would be a complete change in architecture and that would mean uh exclusive games like we talked about so i imagine they'll stick with the tegra but uh with a very maybe uh an optimized or an overhauled version of that maybe obviously fixing other problems that that might be the other reason why uh nintendo might be releasing a new version of the switch is i don't know maybe they basically had nvidia make them a a truly custom chip this time and uh, I don't yeah, know. Fix the problems and the hacking. I mean, either either way, it's like, like this I'm is sorry. your fault. You fix it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably you know it's uh, for a lot of for a lot of them. It's like they've got millions of switches out there that are already exploitable, and so it's probably you know too little, too late for them. Uh, but when they're looking at a system that could sell many millions more than that, like you know, obviously we're people looking at it's like outselling. I think even the PlayStation Four was at this point. It's been a tremendous success success for Nintendo. Uh, that you know it's just a price to pay for them and you know looking back at you know like i said like the ds Lite or the more <laughs> advanced sp um this is totally you know i'm totally fine with this and i'm kind of excited to see what they'll reveal because nintendo has been put, putting up pretty cool designs and i'm ex- i'm interested to see what they do uh but yeah we'll kind of wrap things up there uh that's it for this so uh as always where you guys can find us you can always find us on rpgsite.net where we have all the news that we talked about today including reviews of um assassin's creed odyssey this the north star lost paradise uh, both of them from kazuma and the life is strange 2 episode 1 roads 
review from Liz. Uh, apparently, she really liked it. So, and also, we've been putting up guides for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So, everything from the best endings uh, to get the best ending, a romance guide, which character to go with, uh, the best armor. So, we'll be putting out more guides like that. There's also a horse guide if you want to know more about the horses to choose from. Uh, so, we'll have those up on the site. So, if people need some help in that game, there you go. You can also find us on uh, on Twitter at RPG Site. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet. You can always find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. You can also find us on Discord if you want to chat with uh, the rest of the staff or our hundreds of other people in the, in the chat itself. Uh, you just go to discord.me slash rpgsite. It's the permanent link. It'll send you straight there. And lastly, we'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, James? You can find me at the suite at T H E S W W E E T. You can find me at Zach Reese. So yeah, that's it for this October 6, 2018 edition of the Tetracast. Thank you, James, for being a part of this. And thank you all out there for listening. Catch us next week, as always, for yet another edition of the Tetracast. Bye everyone. <laughs>